Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Alicot with Keithy on the North South Connection Podcast Network. I am your host, Keithy Langston. This is episode number 19, and I am going to bring on a first time guest co host this week, a uh, wonderful man whom I've had the pleasure of speaking with a few times, but I have yet to meet in person, and hopefully, we're going to remedy that sooner rather than later. You can hear him on lucha underground and youtube roulette on the place to be nation feed i am talking to my buddy shift shift how are you shifty shift uh keithy i'm feels good to be here like you know we you brought up something like you know off air how like we're similar and we just talked about lost the tv show for 20 minutes and probably could have went longer if i'm being completely honest uh yeah how are you doing tonight keithy I'm doing great. It's true. I feel like you and I are uh, compatico or empatico or whatever, simpatico, whatever it is. But I think that, you know, the, the conversations that we've had really through chat in, uh, in the past have just shown that we both share very similar interests as far as movies. Uh, I would say television, comic book related things. Obviously, wrestling is a thing we both share a passion for. But the thing that I find best is that you and I'll be able to kind of go through this little roller coaster of a show because we're good with movies and television and I'm sure music as well and comics because again we don't really talk a lot about wrestling even though we are in a wrestling feed uh but the first thing that I want to really kind of bend your ear on a little bit tonight is New Year's resolutions. Uh, we are, even though this is airing on February 2nd, uh, so happy Groundhog Day. Uh, it's really, I, I wanted to talk about it because we're still within the parameters, I think, of some people still having some New Year's resolutions, I think, still. I mean, most people we know the main New Year's resolution that has already been well done. But have what about you? Are you a fan of New Year's resolutions? What do you think? So... My wife's like big into New Year's resolutions, so she told me like the Saturday before New Year's, uh, you got to come up with two. And I was like, I'll give you about half of one and, you know, just maybe. So like we sat around doing it and every year mine is like lose 15 pounds. Spoiler alert, I kind of yo-yo with my weight. I haven't really got down to the 15 pounds, but, um, you know, I'm also not gaining. Like I'll gain like four pounds, lose two, you know, so whatever. Mm. But, you know, like I know most people are like, Go to the gym and do that. Like, you know, you never you never want to do that at New Year's, Keithy. Like, it, no. it's packed with people. Most people are done within two weeks. So I think you got to be more, like, common. It's like, 15 pounds, that's sort of doable if I break it out through the whole year. I'm not going to lose it all in one month unless I'm doing cocaine. So, sure. yeah, I mean, what can you do? But, like, you know, I have, like, lose 15 pounds. And then it's, like, you know, try to be a better person because, like <laughs> – I don't know about you, Keithy, but I'm like my biggest critic of all time. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm always like, you, you moron. So I'm just like, oh, I'll be a better person. It's about 50 50 if that works too, because there's times where I do something and then like I immediately regret it, or I'll do something mm-hmm. and then six months later I'll regret it. So it's like, I guess that's part of growing as a human, but I don't know. What yeah. about you? Where are you at on this? I- I, I kind of agree with both. I actually, my my local news station had an had a news story uh, probably a couple days after Christmas where they said, if you're going to start a New Year's resolution, you should have started it after Thanksgiving. And it's just because that way you've already got yourself going. And that's probably mostly the hitting the gym type of thing. You know, what like you said, lose some weight and stuff like that. 
Uh, I always say the same thing. I'm going to really try hard not to go to Dunkin' Donuts and uh, try not to eat too many fatty foods and try to lose weight. And yeah, no, uh, you said that about, you know, lose four pounds, gain two. It made me think of uh, I take two steps forward. I take two steps back. (laughs) And it's just but it's true because I think I I yo-yo as well, even though I shouldn't. And I had a I like to do long term resolutions that I then fail. So, you know, when I when I went to the SummerSlam this year in Detroit, I got one of the shirts that said SummerSlam Detroit on it. And it was three X. And I can admit how many X's are in front of my L. And I said, uh, this isn't going to fit, but I'm going to wear it at the WrestleMania in April. Uh, no, we are about 60 days away from <laughs> WrestleMania. That shirt is not going to fit me. I guarantee it. Unless, like you said, I start doing massive amounts of cocaine. So, yeah. Just like no, the 80s, that's man. That's right. But but also, like, I, I disagree with your news saying, like, oh, you, you should do it during Thanksgiving and Christmas. First off, time doesn't count for anything during Thanksgiving and Christmas, Keithy. Like, mm, that's true, yeah. Like, Thanksgiving comes, y- you eat, like, you scarf down. Then, like, oh, you you know, you go back to work. But how much are you really working during the month of December? Then, like, December 18th comes, and it's, like, a pe- bunch of people take off up before Christmas. Then after Christmas, mm-hmm. it's, like, the dead period of between Christmas and New Year's where not a damn thing happens. Like, I didn't do anything. I mean, I had other issues. But, like, I just, like, laid on the couch. My wife took, like, multiple days off of work, and it's just, like... We just laid around and did nothing. We watched TV. There's nothing going on at work. Like, you know, she would go to work like on one day and she's like, I'm the only one here. No one else is working. They're all off. So I think that's if you want to do a New Year's resolution, do it in March. Okay. It's starting that to be sounds better. Out, and yeah. then you've got nine months. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, well, hey, puppy. I think that, uh, yeah, I, I I wish I would love to work where you work and where your wife works. Uh, I wish somebody would tell my boss that pretty much from December 18th, pretty much from Thanksgiving on, no one does anything. He was start. This guy was starting new projects like the week between Christmas and New Year's and he was on vacation. I was like, what are you doing, bro? So, yeah, it was uh, it's always busy where I work. But no, I agree. Yeah. I think that. It's New Year's resolutions or it's a way for people to, as you said, where I'm my own worst critic as well. And I think people look at each look at themselves in the mirror and everybody looks at themselves in the mirror and goes, oh, you know, and then you do that. You make that sound and then you go, all right, what am I going to do? There have been like I said, I like to do either long term goals or, or big. I like to do a big goal. You know, one of the big goals I have is for this year is kind of turn, trying to turn over my comic book collection because I'm not really collecting anymore and uh, there's no need to keep these books around. So I need to start getting rid of some of this stuff. So it's kind of like this massive undertaking that I'm going to try to do to get rid of my various comics that I have. And I feel like that's a good... If I can get that done by... Yeah, I would say by Easter, which is about the beginning of spring, I think I'm in good shape. And we'll take it from there. Oh, well, also, like... You know, it just doesn't have to be like being a better person or 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 like weight related. Like Jenny last year told me said she was going to read, you know, knock out twelve books. I was like, you know what? Mm. I'm the same thing. I knocked out twenty yeah. last year. Read a sci-fi. Really? Yeah, read a sci-fi series that I loved that I finally finished at the start of this year. 
um, The Expanse. Everyone check it out. So mm-hmm. like it could be stuff like that. So like I picked up reading again. Like I've been reading comics and everything, but like this was actual like books. I'm big on like I got to be feeling sure. the book. I can't read on a Kindle. Like I it's, I can read oh, comics no. on a tablet, but like I can't mm-hmm. I can't read. I, I need to feel the real book. I just had a discussion with my therapist today. Uh, I'm, yes, I'm in therapy. I'm okay with that. Where I was talking about, I need that tactile. We both said we need that tactile feel for a book. And that's that's my new goal is to stop with the TikTok. And uh, not that anybody should stop going and scrolling through the North-South Connection TikTok uh, or YouTube channel. Check out everything that we have available on those uh, platforms. But uh I need to stop looking at TikTok and watching, uh, you know, just various cooking channels and on YouTube and go back to reading. So I have a I have a book on my nightstand and I need to read it. It's uh, Who Cries for the Lost. It's like a, it's kind of yeah, it's kind of a murder mystery novel that I think takes place. If I'm correct, I've only gotten like one cha- or half of one chapter I read. I think it takes place like during the. Uh, 1800s like victorian era and i think it's in england or either england or france it seems pretty good so my therapist actually recommended it she goes you should probably like this because she knows i like historical stuff so you know she's like all about giving me some good recommendations to read so yeah what other books did you read over the course of the year i'm interested now you said you read some more but was it just all the expanse or how many books uh, was the expanse so the expanse is uh, it's nine books total in the series, but they also have little wow. short stories that feed in in between. And how I would do it, I would read um, The Expanse, then I'd read another book that I wanted to read, then go back to The to the Expanse. So it was like uh, just a constant loop in my head. I read mm-hmm. uh, The Horror, the, lo- the Last Girl. Hold on, let me get it. I read um, so many books, but uh, I have one Goodreads. So if anyone's out there, feel free to oh, hit yeah. me okay. up. Um, yep. So... I also read like comic um, graphic novels. Like I read Last Ronin. I thought that was amazing. Oh, oh, and, yeah. Uh, Killers <laughs> of the Flower Moon. I read that before. Oh, okay. Oh, all right. Yeah. Uh, the Kaiju Preservation Society, which it was very good. It's about like uh, kaiju's, obviously, and like this guy's how he started working for a preservation society in like a parallel Earth. It was very good. Uh, the final girl support group, which I loved, I knocked it out in three days. Like it was like 300 yeah. pages and I couldn't put it down. Um, it was like a, it's like a horror, but like all like the final girls in the book were like based off the movies that we seen. Like there was a scream final girl. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's just uh, cool stuff like that. Of course, you know, I read, um, I read Dune, which was amazing. It's probably my favorite sci-fi book of all time. Um, oh yeah. I read uh, Tinderbox, which is HBO's Ruthless Pursuit of New Frontiers. That was like 900 pages. So that took me two months to read just because it was so much. Uh, then I read like the Chris Farley show, a biography in three acts, which was about um, about Chris Farley, of course. I read the Brian Pillman um, book, which came out in like 2017, but I finally got around to reading it. I read um, You can't, uh, can't Lose Them All. Uh, it's about like it can't, tales of a degenerate gambler. It's from okay. cousin, cousin Sal, who's the yep. writer on Jimmy Kimmel. So, yep, yep. Uh, and with Bill Simmons every Monday. So, I just like I said, I knocked out that stuff. Uh, right now, I'm reading Final Crisis Omnibus on oh, the God. DC Infinite app, uh, which <laughs> is putting me through its paces because it's horrible. Um, 
<laughs> it's bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. most DC stuff is bad. <laughs> Whoa, that's so... where we that's where we dis- disagree, sir. Yeah, I think we've I think we've come across that you are more of a DC. You're a DC fan, or I'll yes. say you're a DC. You're more of a DC apologist than uh, I am a Marvel apologist. But uh, it's it's all right. I mean, not DC has its moments. I mean, I was most I was mostly my biggest problem with DC is Superman. I think I have a problem with Superman. Other than that, I mean, I can get behind pretty much everybody else, and it's just because. I don't know. I never liked. I never liked Superman. I mean, I even was, and I was a huge Bendis fan. And when Bendis started writing Superman, I was like, "All right, let me give him a real chance." It and even that, I was like, "I was like, God, it's so boring. It's just boring." He, you know? It, yeah. My problem with Superman is you can't beat him, like unless like you get Green Kryptonite or something. You know? Yeah. Like, you're not supposed to beat him. That's the point. Yeah. It's like you're not supposed to. And it just seems like everybody's able to beat him. And his nemesis is a, is a normal human guy. Like, that's not, you know, that's not supposed to happen. So, whatever. I guess that, that's why I like Batman. Batman's a normal dude. You know, he's basically Tony Stark without... My my favorite is, is uh, yeah, <laughs> my favorite is uh, Green Lantern, um, the Jeff Johns run. That's what got me into yeah. comics. Mm-hmm. So, like, it, I, I just loved, just love... Jeff uh, Johns. Yeah. Jeff Johns was supposed to be the savior of DC, and I don't know what happened. <laughs> I mean, he did pretty well. Like they had, uh, he, like he Flash did Point. for a while. Yeah, he did. Yeah, Flashpoint was great. Flashpoint Black was is, great. Blackest Night as well. Yep, yep. Those were great, and I will give him credit for that. Uh, I just feel that I don't know if it was. I think what happens is, and Marvel can do this sometimes, but usually. I look at I kind of look at the the actual writing for comics very similar to how like the MCU and the DCEU is set up whereas you have with Marvel you had Kevin Feige who was like he's like the overall guy he sees everything and he he's able to kind of like weave the arc and keep the storyline going and I felt that that was kind of the way with um Joe Quesada at Marvel for a while where he was kind of like keeping the arcs going and he was like the overall seer of everything. Whereas like with DC, it's they kind of favor like the main writer or they favor like a writer and that writer is going to be the one that like is trying to, but that guy's busy doing his own stuff too. So you got a guy doing his own shit and then he's trying to oversee all the other shit. It's just, it's not going to work for anybody, you know? No. And it's not. And that's what gets them in trouble sometimes. Like um, doomsday clock, which Jeff Johns wrote, which was like a sequel to Watchmen. Um, yes. Which he sets up all these different events and even something called 5G and like has all these different events and even hints towards like a Marvel and DC crossover in the late 2020s. But all that's mm-hmm. like null and void because the, they went like another direction with it. But like you said, if they would have had someone like, like this is what we're doing, you know, instead of putting it out and it's like the 5G event never happened. Like we get, they right. sort of got it with the um with the event with like the Lucius Fox Batman, but yep. You know, but it, it just never happened and you know, that's just just something like that puts DC behind the eight ball and they don't even get me started on the DC EU. I mean, I have faith in um Oh my god, I can't see it. James Gunn. James Gunn right yeah. now. But I yeah, like the, the previous ones, they were trying to like 
score seven runs when they only had runners on first and third. So, <laughs> like, right. it was so bad. Like, I, I remember being so frustrated, like, watching, like, you know, even going back to the Green Lantern movie with Ryan Reynolds. Like, yeah. I was really hoping that would be great. I try to convince myself it was great. It's not a great movie. But then, like, Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice, and they go right to Justice League. It's like, re- really, like, what are we doing? And, well, you know... I, yeah and i liked man of steel i really did i liked uh i loved the first wonder woman i thought it was great because i'm a big again you put a period movie and i'm a big fan of it and i like that they did world war one because i'm a huge world war one fan <laughs> i know that sounds weird but like Ugh. world war one is so much more interesting than world war two but everybody always talks about world war two but that's you know that's a story for another day but i liked so i liked the first i liked the first wonder woman i actually liked the first aquaman i thought it was pretty good oh yeah it was fun and then i don't know did you watch i mean i'm assuming you saw uh both justice leagues like i watched the snyder cut and yep. i was like okay i mean it's a little bit more of a cohesive story but it still wasn't this amazing movie that it should have been yeah, uh, the only thing that Snyder Cut made me do was uh, subscribe to DC Universe so I could read the Injustice line. So I guess mm. they got my money through the Infinity app. But <laughs> so I read all like all the Injustice stuff, watched like the cutscenes on YouTube and everything, and then yeah, so I was like, yeah. not gonna play the game. But yeah, no. it's just frustrating to say the least because like I I want them because my goal would be I this can be an animation or movies like I would love if James Gunn is leading up to like you know like I know he's like they're calling them chapters now but if chapter two was like blackest night or something mm-hmm. like we yeah. see all these like these heroes die and that's what like the second one is like the big like infinity war is right is blackest night like I would lose my mind over that sure That'd be like, awesome, it would, and it, yeah, it would, and it would it would also be a good way to like reset the whole universe again. Yeah, because at the end of it, you could have you know you could have certain people come back, and if they don't come back, you know why, and that kind of thing. So, I mean, I guess there's hope, right? Is there oh hope? yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, there is hope. Like I'm excited. Like I know I know you you just crapped on him, but I'm excited for the Superman movie. Like it's the. Yeah. Film- It'd be the first Superman movie I think I would watch all the way through because I, spoiler alert, haven't watched a Superman movie all the way through. I know Tim's really? going to crucify me when he finds this out, but yeah. You Are you even saying like even like the Christopher Reeve ones? Yeah. Really? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Wow. And the Brandon, the Brandon Ruth one or the Brandon Routh one and the, yeah. the newest one. I ne- The only one, the only Batman movie I saw was Batman versus Superman which was wow. more of a Batman movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's sad too. Cause I was kind of excited for see, cause when I, when I saw Argo and I went, okay, that's a good, that's a good older Bruce Wayne that Ben Affleck was kind of portraying. And that's where I thought they were going with it when they had Batman Superman. And it seemed like they did a little bit question mark, but then they didn't. And I was really hoping that that's what we were going to get. Uh, I did love the Batman. I thought that was great. Uh, oh yeah, I'm hoping with I'm hoping with, that yes. with uh, Robert Pattinson, and I'm hoping that the sequel is good. And 
oddly enough, my favorite Nolan Batman was Batman Begins. I love Batman Begins more than anything else. And and I know that everybody jizzes all over the Dark Knight. And I don't know, Dark Knight's good, but I think Batman Begins is much better. And you know, I mean, kudos to Heath Ledger, R.I.P. But you know, give me give me give me Liam Neeson all day long and twice on Sunday. I love that man. That's I'm one of the ones that night. I'm the one of the ones that just is all over uh, Dark Knight. I saw it three times in theaters, <laughs> and this is before I had AMC Movie Pass, so that was like twenty bucks a pop wow. right there. Like, wow, like that is bucks. yeah, yeah. Uh, what did I? I think I saw Harry Potter in the Prisoner of Azkaban like four times in the theater. See, I that's just kept my least going favorite. Back. That's my least favorite. Really? Oh, I just one. kept going back to see what's your favorite movie of uh, the Harry. What's Potters? your favorite movie of the Harry Potters and the favorite book? Well, favorite book is the fourth one because. Uh, I don't know how much you know about Harry Potter, Keithy, but the fourth one was the longest time between the fourth and fifth book came out. I reread that book like seven or eight times. Like I can tell you how many pages are in that book, 734. And um, yeah, I'm a so like Potter. I'm a what? Is, what are we Potter? What are we supposed I, to be called? Potter? Uh, pot potheads? Potheads? Or, yeah, potheads. <laughs> yeah. I'm a big pothead. No, but yeah. I'm a big Potter fan. I love it. I've been I've been a Potter fan for a long time. So, and, yeah, and I think my favorite movie, and this just happens, has to be because I don't know. I'm gonna say Deathly Hallows Part Two, but it's because I saw it at midnight release, and like mm -hmm. there's people dressed up there. I was not, by the way. I'm, I know that's shocking to people. Literally, when the credits started, some girl down the uh, row from me started bawling, and I was like, "This is pretty cool." And uh. <laughs> then like you know there was some stuff like i'm a big stickler for like if it happens in the book please put it in for the movie yeah. and there's some things you can't but the elder wand thing really frustrates me how they like he just throws it away instead of mending his own wand but like i said like that's uh, just you know it's funny you bring that up i was just going to tell you i i saw i saw an interesting youtube video where they talked about that and they said that it actually makes more sense for what happens in the movie because if you think about it, Harry goes on to be an Auror, and it would be, he'd have a higher percentage that he loses a duel. And again, not every duel is a murder duel, you know? And even if the person has no idea that he's the owner of the Elder Wand, if they, if he gets, if he gets just Expelliarmus and he gets, you know, his yeah. wand taken away from him. That person, the allegiance of the elder one now transfers over to that person. I guess in theory, in theory, if that person doesn't know that Harry was the owner of the elder one, but the funny thing is, is if you remember in the books, his final do with Voldemort takes place in front of everybody, which is one of yeah. the things that pissed me off about the last movie. So everyone knows that he's the owner of the elder wand. <laughs> so it's yeah. like it it kind of made better sense for him to break the wand and destroy it because at least then nobody can ever use it. You know, uh, the, the, the resurrection stone is lost in the woods. He breaks the elder wand and destroys it. And he has the invisibility cloak that he can keep until he dies or whatever and passes that along. It made more sense. Once the person explained it, I still didn't love it because I obviously I'm a, I'm a purist to the books as well. Uh, but I can understand, you know, why they did what they did because it would have been stupid for him to go back and put it with Dumbledore at the end. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I just uh, like like you said the whole battle in front of everyone like, ugh, 
Like, I remember, like, imagining, like, the, the Hogwarts battle in my head reading the book, which that was the only time I went to the midnight release for the books was for that one. And I went to Kroger to pick it up <laughs> because everyone else went to Barnes & Noble. Me and, like, 30 other people were just at Kroger. I was in and out within five minutes. It was amazing. I, w- I went to the midnight. Did I go to the midnight release of, I want to say, the last three, I think. And then... The last one, yeah, I went and I, I remember getting there at, I don't know, probably 10 o'clock at night. It was at a Bonds and Noble. I sat in like the little coffee shop and I sat there and I was reading, I was rereading. I forget which one I was rereading and I was rereading one of them. It might have been the sixth book because I tended to reread the previous books whenever I would start reading the new book. That's and uh, yeah, and then I, so I think I was rereading the sixth book to get myself ready. And then, uh, and then this is the best. So, the book came out. It was it came out the same weekend as my brother's wedding that was like in Cape Cod, which is an area we go to in Massachusetts for beaches and shit. And uh then once I got back from the, like the wedding was that weekend and then the following like Tuesday I flew out to Comic-Con in San Diego. Oh, and I God. remember I can't yeah. wait to go to one. <laughs> and I remember like I went to the thing. It came out. I don't know what day it came out. I went and I got it. I hadn't finished reading it because I was involved with like all the wedding stuff. So I was reading it on the flight. And I think somewhere in between like Colorado and San Diego, I finished. And my buddy was sitting next to me and he looks at me and he he had no interest in Harry Potter at all. But he looks at me and he goes, so does he die or what? And I looked at him and I went actually and then some guy in front of me got up turned around and went you know we haven't all finished the book yet and then sat back down (laughs) Uh, and it was and it was great because one of the one of the panels that i went to was like it was a harry potter panel that they were allegedly somebody was coming to like talk about like about the book or the movies or something no one came so we're all like there's all these like I said, I mean, you talk about cellar dwellers. This is what it is at Comic-Con. I mean, it's, I, I, yeah. can't, I can't tell you how many farts I walked into. Like, it was so gross. But we're sitting in this room, and I'm by myself, being quiet, not making a fuss or whatever. And so, like, five minutes, ten minutes after, like, the t- start time of this, po- of this panel, somebody stands up and goes, all right, so are we going to talk about what happened in the book or what? And then, like, half, half the crowd... <laughs> Half the crowd erupts with, we haven't finished it yet. And the other, and then everybody starts going, well, get the fuck out of here, man. Cause we want to talk about what happens in the book and blah, 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 blah. So they kicked out half of the people who hadn't finished seeing, reading the book yet. And then the doors close and everyone's like, so what do you guys think about it? And they all just thought, and I'm just sitting there going, wow, these are my people. What the hell am I doing here? And, but. I mean, my favorite part of that last book was when he calls him Tom at the final battle. Like that was oh, it's such got, like a taunting got, thing. Yeah, I got so giddy at the end of that book because I was like, oh, he's such a badass right now. Yeah, no, those those were good books. That's a great that's a great uh, world and universe that she created. I mean, yeah, I, it was a, it was a fun time. I mean, I I remember I had a very uh, never-ending story kind of feeling when i was reading order of the phoenix where i was kind of in my room and i was like by myself sitting and i was reading when sirius dies you know spoiler heartbreaking yeah and i and i remember just going no and part of it is because i don't know if in four 
I don't think in four they really touched upon, but in like Prisoner of Azkaban, after he like finds everything out about Sirius, like Sirius is like, I don't know if you'd want to come and live with me. And, and he's it's like, just of course the, I would. Ugh. And it's like the elation of Harry to just be with somebody that he's in his mind. He's like, this person actually cares about me and wants me. I was just like so happy because I just really wanted him to have like a good upbringing. And yeah, but I can understand with uh, I like Goblet of Fire. Goblet of Fire is good. I really liked I really liked Order of the Phoenix, mostly because I felt she wrote a 15 year old really well. Being <laughs> angsty. Like, and here's what here's what's amazing. Like I grew up like with Harry. Like when Harry the when the last book came out, I was 18. So like he was 17 mm. in it. And like yeah. So like I could was like, oh my God. It's like we're all growing up together and it was great. Yeah. I remember my little brother got the book the fifth book before me because like I had to work for my book. Like, you know, I paid my mom and she bought it for me on Amazon. My grandmother, <laughs> who was a sample lady at Sam's Club, which is like a Costco. She just bought my brother the book and he came home and was like 12 chapters ahead of me. And he's like, yo, you know, Dumbledore's name is Brian. I said, middle name is Brian. I say, if you say one more word about me, I'm going to beat your ass and take the book. <laughs> and like he finished, he stayed up the whole night and like finished it. Like he came out mm. Saturday. He finished it by like Sunday afternoon and was like, yeah. are you done yet? And I'm like, no, like, don't talk to me about the book or we will have a problem. Like, yeah, shut up. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, I mean, like, that was, yeah, that was, I, I think, I'm trying to think if nobody, and, and that was the weird thing is like, no, I remember when the last movie came out, no one I knew was into Harry Potter, no one. And so I remember I saw the, I saw the first Deathly Hallows by myself. And this was still before I was really comfortable, like going to the movies by myself. Now I'll go to the movies by myself all the time. I never wanted to go by myself. Uh, so I had like an issue. And I remember saying to like my ex-wife, I went, you know, I really want to go see that last movie, but like nobody I know likes Harry Potter. So it's like no one wants. And she goes, well, I'll watch all the movies if you want. So she like marathoned oh, for awesome. like the seven movies and then like went to see the last movie with me. And I was like, wow. I was like, what'd you think of the movies? And she's like, they were good. And I was like, they're nothing compared to the books. Let me yeah, tell you about the books. Yeah, <laughs> the books are so much better. And then I started telling her all this shit about the books. And she, I think I lost her somewhere about when I was talking about Spew. I think she was just oh. like lost somewhere. And Which isn't even in any of the movies. But like, Keithy, I remember like being like we, like the internet, like I didn't get like a laptop at our, we didn't get a computer at our home. Till, like I was like the seventh grade. So my mom would bring like a laptop home from work to do some work. And I would like plug it into the internet. Yeah. But, yeah. and I would, I would look up, Literally look up wrestling rumors and Harry Potter book rumors. Yeah. That's all I was looking at. And like my parents were like, what are you looking at porn or something? And my mom's like, no, I know what he's looking at right now. And she's like looking at Harry Potter rumors or something with wrestling. And I was like, that's exactly yeah. what I'm looking at. It was a good era to look up both of those things. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, it's I, yeah. I, and you know what? I think, I think I have, I think I have first editions of, Goblet of Fire up. I don't have a first. I don't have a first edition of the first three, and that's because I kind of came. I kind of came along, probably right before the first movie came out, and I think I was like, "Well, this seems to be a thing that's picking up," and I just started reading it. And then I went out. I went to Barnes and Noble. I bought like the first three. I think I bought the first four. And I and like I said, I think I think my Goblet of Fire is a first edition. And then I was at the in that, and then I went to the release party 
the fifth, sixth, and seventh, and I was so excited. And the only thing I would say is that I think the movies could have been better if they had if they had like done them with like Pixar, where they were like Ooh, Pixar animation. That would be nice. Yeah, and they and because then they could have done everything. So I know they're doing the HBO series. It's funny how we started with New Year's resolutions. So we're talking about Harry Potter, but um, I I, love I know I know. But well, that's again we could talk about this all day. Um, I know they're doing the HBO series. They're gonna like review everything. I wish they would do it animation. I mean, I know it's not gonna be Pixar, but like I don't know, Illumination is pretty legit. I mean. I feel like they could do that. DreamWorks, like whoever it is, like I think they could do, they should do it as a, they should do it as uh, animation, especially since you see how, how well uh, Spider-Verse did. And I mean, those movies animation wise are fucking banging, you know? So, I mean, you know, the animation is tip top. You could do it. They're going to spend just as much friggin' money probably on the special effects and they're going to cut shit out that they can't do. Because it just it's just not going to work, and they're not going to have it in the budget because it's an HBO show. So, I would love for HBO to do it animation style and just have it come out and be like a series, and that would be great. That that because then you could because then you could do everything. Well, that's what I want them to do if they're doing a series. Like I remember, like uh, MuggleNet, which was a website I used to go to. Oh God, MuggleNet! Oh my God, MuggleNet! (laughs) Yes. Yes. They were like signed a petition to make the fourth book two movies, and I was like, "Yes, yep. let's go!" And like, you know, obviously that didn't happen, but it was like, "Oh my god!" But yeah, I, I just did all that. Like, you know, I was on there. I had I downloaded the little widget where you could have the countdown for when the books were coming out. I, oh yeah, yep, yeah. yep. It was a special. Fan time. Fi- did you ever write fan fiction? No, uh, I've never read fan fiction. I read some like. Someone wrote like one chapter once, and I was like, I, I can't read this. This this is horrible. Oh, so you never read or wrote? I did you? No, ever? I wrote. I wrote two chapters of a fan fiction, and it, it was in between the sixth and seventh book. And uh, God, it was so fucking stupid. But it was the only things that I can remember was I had Ron become a Death Eater. Oh God, that was a big thing. Everyone wanted him to become a Death. Yeah, I had Eater Ron so become bad. a Death. I, I had Ron become a Death Eater, and I had already known that Snape wasn't a real villain, because I remember reading something where, because they, isn't it in the sixth book that they do the whole thing with, like, the, um, not, like, the nonverbal spells? Yes. And, and I was like, and I was like, she wouldn't have put that in there if it wasn't, if it didn't mean something, and I was like, so... When he casts the Avada Kedavra curse, I was like, I don't think he cast it. I think he did the nonverbal spell to like make it look like it was. And that when Dumbledore fell, he wasn't really dead. And so I had this, like the, the story I wrote opened with like Harry being back at Privet Drive and, and you know, he hears a knock on the door and he thinks it's like whoever it is, like Hagrid or whoever, and it's Dumbledore. And Dumbledore comes in with Snape and the two of them are like, this is what we have to do. And and he goes with the two of them and they start figuring out like how to get rid of Voldemort. And then somewhere in there I had it that um, it had something to do with, it didn't have to do with like, because it had to do with Harry, but it wasn't like, it was like Ron turned on Harry because he just felt that everybody 
like no one paid attention to him because he he was like you know he was second best. It's basically all the fears that he had with the locket. Well, that's sort of what happened anyway. Yeah. So it was just you know like he was a hanger on and he was like so he was corrupted by you know the Death Eaters and that's where he kind of turned and and everything and I was like oh this is kind of good but then and then somebody actually even commented that they liked it and then I was like okay and then like I don't know I I think I started talking to a girl on some. <laughs> america online site and i was like forget it i'm not gonna finish this <laughs> oh that's awesome and then she came out with the book and i was like well i guess that fucking shits all over my theories that dumbledore's still alive yeah dumbledore definitely dead yeah dumbledore's definitely dead so yeah but uh yeah harry potter <laughs> you should check it out kids <laughs> yeah please do <laughs> please do keep the memory alive just don't bring up anything about transgender rights. <laughs> It'll yeah. be fine. Uh, yeah. I love it. She wrote. She writes a lot of gay characters, but nobody transgender. <laughs> she like so. God, it's it just heartbreaking. It it, it, it it happens, you know. It happens. Time. Time. Space. It's more than a linear path. It's a prism of endless possibility. Where a single choice can branch out into infinite realities. Creating alternate worlds from the ones you know. So Schiff, uh, there's, I, you know, one of the one of the YouTube shows because it's a YouTube exclusive to the North South Podcast Network is the What If, and uh, JT and Aaron, uh, Aaron the man from the North, like to do wrestling What Ifs. I think about What Ifs in movies, televisions, comics, books, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I have some movie ones, and I want to ask you your thoughts on What If, okay? And I know you're familiar with what if so. So allegedly, when Sylvester Stallone wrote Rocky, they offered him two hundred and sixty five thousand dollars, which would be around a million dollars in today's money to let them film Rocky, but without Stallone in the leading role. And at the time, Sly was just a very young, unknown actor. And they wanted to they wanted to put somebody in that role who could have played the Southpaw Slugger. Uh, names bandied about were James Kahn, fresh off of his Godfather appearance, Robert Redford, even Burt Reynolds. What if? What if they had cast, let's say, Robert Redford to play Rocky Balboa? What do you think? Do you think that the a? Do you think first of all that the movie would have been as acclaimed as it is? And B, do you think we would have had the film series that have that led off for that one movie? I'm going to answer B first. We definitely don't have the series or mm -hmm. Robert Redford is replaced after the first one. They just do a Batman. You know, we go from Christian. Uh, we go from um, 
God, Michael I, Keaton to Michael, Val Kilmer. Michael Keaton to Val Kilmer to George Clooney. It's replaced mm-hmm. like that. Um, also, it's probably a little bit better acted because Robert Redford's a great actor. Um, mm. But it, it's just not the same as, you know, Rocky, who's already punched drunk and has CTE in 1976 with the way he talks. <laughs> I just don't see... Um, I'm sure it's still a good movie, but not as remembered as as the whole series is now. But that means also that goes down a whole big thing. That means we don't get any of the Creed. So mm-hmm. no Michael B. Jordan, because mm-hmm. I, I love those Creed movies. Um, but yeah, there's no way in hell we there's no way in hell Robert Redford sticking around for five and then fighting mm-hmm. Tommy Gunn in in the fifth one. And the Cold War probably is still ongoing because Rocky ended yeah. the Cold War. I mean, I can't see James Caan running up that mountain in Russia and going, oh, like, I just can't see it, you know? And definitely not Burt Reynolds, you know? He's probably driving up there in Smokey. Kind of, right? Yeah. I mean, either that or you're going to get the Burt Reynolds from Striptease. You're going to get one of the two, and I don't think either one of them is uh, going to fight Ivan Drago. I, I agree with you completely. Uh, I just don't – I don't think – I, I kind of love your idea about – about Rocky being changed every movie. (laughs) Then we have a different Rocky Balboa. Uh, It just, it seems, so here's another question. What happens to Sylvester Stallone? He shows up in Rocky five as the, as the great value of great value Rockies and just makes like, you know, B and C movies, or maybe he goes back to porn like he did before Rocky. Um, Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Definitely. we definitely don't get the expendables, which the first two were okay. Like the last two sucked, but you know, the first two were good. Well, I mean, it's it's kind of it's kind of great too, because I mean, while I like Rocky and uh I love Rocky. I love Rocky and I love Rocky Balboa. Those are like my favorite two. And I think and then I like Creed. I like Creed a lot. But uh one of the things that I think everybody doesn't realize is how friggin' good. I think it's just first blood. It's the, it's been renamed Rambo for it, but it's Rambo. It's the first yeah. Rambo. First blood. Yeah. And first blood's yeah, amazing. First blood. First blood's amazing. And it's not even like a war movie. It's like a PTSD movie and it's fantastic. So we don't, I don't think we get that turn. And Sylvester, Sylvester Stallone's acting his ass off in that first movie. I mean, he's amazing in that in first blood. So I think that we don't get that either. And uh, I feel like he goes into obscurity like Frank Stallone. You know, he ends up just he ends up going to the uh, the brothers. <laughs> what's the brothers support group? That's in that's in uh, uh, oh, Mad TV, right? It, no, it's Fred Claus. Do you ever see Fred oh. Claus with Vince Vaughn? No, and they go to the they go to the brothers support group and it's got it's got uh, Frank Stallone, uh, Stephen Baldwin and. Uh, <laughs> Roger Clinton are in it, and it's just oh, like they're yeah, they're like the support, it's the support brothers for the support group for brothers of famous people. So I feel like at that point you would have had Stallone, Sylvester Stallone in the support group, and Frank Stallone's the uh not just the punchline, and you guessed it, Sly Stallone. He would have been the punchline for all the Norm McDonald Saturday Night Live bits. <laughs> but I it's just it's crazy to think that like what that one movie did for that guy. And like you said, he would have been he would have been in porn, probably getting arrested like uh, Ron Jeremy, oh, you know, yeah. these days. So, hmm. all right, you know, uh, Tulsa King with him. that's that's true, right? Maybe the, the Tulsa King maybe is uh, maybe James Khan would have been the Tulsa King, you know, because he would have been known as 
he would have he James Khan would have been Rocky and then he would have been Rambo and he would have been Cobra. He would have been leading the Expendables. Just a whole different path, you know. And does that mean that Rocky then Sly Stallone would be the lead on Las Vegas? Uh ooh. No. Frank Stallone. Okay. All right. Just want to I'm make going, sure. I, in my world, Frank Stallone ends up becoming the A-list actor that Sly <laughs> became. So that's me. Uh, now, how about, have you ever heard of, uh, have you ever seen the deleted scenes of Back to the Future with Eric Stoltz in the role? Yes. And I'm sorry, Eric Stoltz, you lost probably a career, but, you know, Michael J. Fox, a.k.a. Alex Keaton, he was, now, he was known for that. He was made for I'll tell it. you, I'll tell you this story real quick. Um, my buddy works for uh, a movie studio company. And he doesn't do anything fancy, though. And uh, during the pandemic, during their sales meetings, they were bringing in special guest speakers. And he texts me and my other friend, and he says, hey, call into the Zoom. You'll never guess who's on. So we call into the Zoom, and it's Bob Gale. Bob Gale, the oh. writer of Back to the Future. And Bob Gale was talking about the making of Back to the Future and, you know, the discussions that he had with like Robert Zemeckis and all this and how it started with when he found his dad's yearbook and he was looking at pictures of his parents and thinking if he would be friends with them and da 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 And he was talking about Eric Stoltz and he was talking about how originally they always wanted Michael J. Fox. They always wanted Michael J. Fox. But at the time, uh, Meredith Baxter Bernie was pregnant. And so she wasn't in every episode of Family Ties. And Michael J. Fox had been the breakout star in the show anyway. So he was like the main focal point of that season of, of Family Ties. And his agent said to Bob Gale and Robert Zemeckis and said, we're not even going to give him the script because we know he's going to see the script. We know he's going to flip out and want to do it. And we don't want him to do it. So they said, okay. So they moved on. They filmed with Eric Stoltz. And they just were looking at the dailies and they weren't very happy with what they saw. So they went to Steven Spielberg and they were like, listen, we just are not happy with, with what we're seeing. We're just the chemistry between him and uh, Christopher Lloyd just isn't there. The jokes aren't landing right. It's just, it's just not working. And Steven Spielberg said to them, okay, listen, if you're going to go back to the Kathleen Kennedy, I think it wasn't like the production, like you have, you have to have Michael J. Fox on board. Because they're never going to let you refilm these, and they're going to they're going to shelve the movie, and it's never going to get made. So if you have if you go to them and you say, "Listen, we're not happy with Eric Stoltz, but we have Michael J. Fox on board," they'll let you refilm everything, and you can you can go forward. So they went back to you know they went back to Michael J. Fox's agent, and it just so happened that Family Ties had finished filming. It was in a little bit of a hiatus. Meredith Baxter Bernie had her kids, so she was going to be coming back, and they said, and his agent said all right, I'll let him see the script. And like he predicted, as soon as Michael J. Fox saw it, he's like, I'm in, I'm in. And they said, all right, but listen, you have to film Family Ties during the day, and then you can go and film Back to the Future at night. And Michael J. And they're like, are you okay with that? And Michael J. Fox is like, I'm 20-something years old. I'm full of fucking piss and vinegar. Yes, I can do <laughs> but I can absolutely. Oh, that's an amazing and story. That, and that's and that's what happened is that he went and he filmed. So everything he filmed at Back to the Future, the first one was at night while he was filming that season of Family Ties during the day. And that's how we got Back to the Future starring Michael J. Fox. Um, again, I ask you, what if? 
what if Michael J. Fox was still not available and they had to go forward with with Eric Stoltz? You just said Eric Stoltz is not that guy. He is not Marty McFly. Does the first movie even is the first movie even successful? No, I don't even think it gets made. I think they wow. okay. Yeah, you think they scrap it? They scrap it. It's a tax yeah. write off like bat like Batwoman. Yep. I mean, Man. I kind of agree with you. After hearing what Bob Gale said, I agree with you completely. Like, it, it, yeah. it, I mean, it's sad. Like, um, that's just the way like life is. Like, you know, I mean, sure. Eric Stoll Street had you know had a decent career. You know, yeah. I, I mean, I would take his career. Like, you know, sign me sure. up. You know? Yeah. But you know, sorry, it didn't work out for you. But it's just, mm-hmm. uh, I just, yeah. I'm just fine, fine with. with I agree. It. I I agree. Eric Stoll, sorry, not Stoll Street. Yeah, no. I mean, right. he You're was not... still, he was still in Pulp Fiction. You know, he's he's well, done all these other just, things. I can't remember if he had done Mask. Remember Mask, not the not the cartoon, but the one with Cher. I think he was in Mask. I think that came out before. It either came out right before or right after. So, and he's well known for that movie. So, he's all right. Yeah, he he would have been fine. But uh, yeah, no Back to the Future, no Back to the Future Two, no Back to the Future Three. Which you know, maybe we didn't have to do Back to the Future Three, but the first well, two, I'll, I'll be okay with. I've been a big, I've been a big uh, proponent of that. Uh, Back to the Future itself is a near perfect movie, and the only thing that ruins it is the sequels because then there's a there's a lot of. Uh, there's a lot of plot points that kind of come up in the sequels that you need to, once you have to start explaining plot points, you're like, yeah. but um, the first movie in itself is, is a perfect movie. It's my favorite movie of all time. Uh, I could, I probably have seen it 500 to a thousand times. I mean, I, I you don't, I, I could do it. All you'd have to do is give me the little at the beginning. And I could friggin' do the whole movie <laughs> script, script to script, like end to end vocal and imp- vocal everything like I, I could redo that movie as a one-man play uh it's got one of my I, again another comic-con story i went at i think it was the first one they had just started uh i think it was the one more day spider-man one more day and storyline and i think oh god and it was like bob gale dan slot mark guggenheim Forget the other guy. There was a fourth writer, and they were each getting like their. It wasn't Zeb Wells. I think Zeb Wells might have been Zeb Wells actually. And they were each getting like a little turn writing, like a little arc of like one more day for Spider Man. And I met Bob Gale, and I was like giddy because I was like, it's Bob Gale. And I went up to him and I said, "Oh my god!" I go, "Do you know?" And I'm like, "I know everybody talks to you about Back to the Future." I said, "But I I got to tell you, my favorite my favorite moment is when." Marty says to Doc, yeah, I, I never thought the old man could do it. I've never seen him stand up to Biff before in his life. And Doc says never. And then he has that look on his face that just he knows that the future is fucked. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, and he's like, oh, whatever, whatever. And he's just like, oh, well. And I go, it's my favorite moment because, like, Christopher Lloyd's reaction is so good. And I was just like, it's just such a I go, dude, that movie, like, it's just it's. I hate to say like it changed my life because it's not like my life was much different in 1985 than it was in 1984. Uh, I was nine, <laughs> not even I was six. Excuse me, I'm aging myself. I was six years old, but 
it's just it's the greatest movie it's the greatest movie ever made it's the greatest movie ever made it's better than anything else it's better than shawshank and that's saying a lot but yeah it's it's the greatest movie ever made back to the future the first one so and i will fight anybody to death that says otherwise yeah i agree 100 percent. i remember uh <laughs> i remember like they were re-released the first two movies in theater and i like nine or ten years ago now and i saw them and it i was just i was just so happy to be able to see them on like the the big screen oh, so i yeah. just like i just watched them on vhs and then dvd and like i think i got the blu-rays around here floating around so i think i think um so like john williams does like a little he'll do like a, a concert at the hollywood bowl every year and he's been doing i think an event where they'll play a movie that he did the score for. I know he didn't do Back to the Future, so it must have been Star Wars because it's not him. He didn't do. I think Alan Silvestri does the score, but uh, yeah, because my friend went and saw John John Williams at the Hollywood Bowl, and I think it was Star Wars. So like that's kind of cool. Like the orchestra plays like all the music for the uh, sound, for, you know, for the for the soundtrack. That's kind of cool. Um, the score for the movie while the while the movie's playing in the background. But I yeah. swear that they did something with Back to the yeah. Future too. I, I love going and stuff like that because uh, here in Nashville they have this thing called the Shermerhorn, which is a um, like symphony center, and they'll put mm-hmm. uh, they'll play movies. Like they'll have movies come and like they play the orchestra for it, and that's how I've seen all yeah. the Harry Potters, the Home Alones. I saw Black Panther, oh, cool. and it's just oh, wow. awesome. And uh, I think that's they did awesome. Back to the Future, but I wasn't like here that weekend when it, they did it. Yeah. So like I just. And they'll have the orchestra. They'll have the orchestra do the score. Yeah, that's awesome. See, that's awesome. That's a fun night out, actually. Yeah, yeah, it, it's oh. really cool. Like, um, like I like I said, I go to every Harry Potter. The last one's coming out this April. Like, sorry to go back mm-hmm. to the Harry Potter thing, but that's okay. Yeah, that's cool though. It's you. You said you love that movie anyway, so there you go. Yeah. Uh, all right. So these are a couple of now. This is a little different. What if? And I'm going to give you just a quick what if scenario. That happened in the movie, and you tell me what you think happens. Like, what's the next scene? Okay, so uh, what if Sonny didn't go down the causeway? <laughs> and if you don't know what that means, just say, I don't know what that means. <laughs> Do you mean Sonny Bono or Sonny Diva? Sonny, Cor- Sonny Corleone. What if oh, Sonny I don't. Corleone doesn't go? So you're uh, gonna hate never, me for okay. this. I've never like I'm a big I've watched so many movies, but I've never seen any of the Godfathers. Like I need to sit right. down one weekend and do that. All right. Well then I'll skip that one for you. Uh have you seen Goodfellas? Of course. Okay. What if Henry doesn't become a rat? He still gets murdered. They were <laughs> he he's gonna get murdered. I mean, he turned him into the drugs after he was told not to. Mm-hmm. And you know, he's doing cocaine and everything and they were going to murder right. his wife with looking like, hey, come take a look at this dress. Who, who kills him? De Niro's character. Okay. You think so? All right. Yeah. Okay. Too much of a liability. Right. What if Uncle Ben doesn't die? That could be a comic book one, too. But like, what if well, Uncle that... Ben didn't die? I think you would still have... Uh... You still have Spider-Man be a be a hero, but he would have a good loving family, and maybe they wouldn't have to worry so much about bills. <laughs> especially, especially the Sam Raimi one. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it seemed like uh, it seemed like um, Sally Field had was okay. Like she was okay keeping the house. And now uh, Aunt May and the Tom Holland one's obviously on OnlyFans. Like I would subscribe. Oh, hey now. <laughs> yeah, Aunt May, Aunt May and the wrestler when she gets naked. Yeah, well, yeah, that's a good time. Exactly. Um, My cousin Vinny. Yeah. What happens if What happens if Walter Peck doesn't pull the lever? I don't know. What or tell the is. guy. Tell the. Oh, Walter Peck was from. He's the environmental. He's the EPA guy from Ghostbusters. Oh, first yes. Sorry. And he tells yes, sir. He, he tells does not have a lever. Yeah, he does not yeah. have a dick. Yeah, we would. New York wouldn't be getting destroyed. You think they would learn from this? Like, it's like, mm-hmm. what are they doing? Um, so first off, so apparently, I love Ghostbusters. Like, yeah, uh, that first apparent, movie is amazing. Apparently, Walter Peck is in the next one, and I have a feeling that he's the mayor of New York City now. Oh God, I hope I hope he like is a dick again. But that I also oh, he up, is. I hope that brings up another a what if from that. Um, what if Eddie Murphy is cast as Winston? Ooh. Mm-hmm. Because he was originally, That's... he was offered the role. Yep. 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 I think, uh, man, that's a, oof. That's a tough one because I don't think Winston's around. I don't think so. As much as, as much as I hate to think, I don't think Eddie Murphy, maybe he, maybe Winston shows up in this one. But he doesn't show up in the second one. He's too big at that point. No, he's definitely not in Ghostbusters 2. He might be in the Ghostbusters Afterlife. Because Eddie Murphy's kind of like iffy right now with his career, you know? Yeah, I just saw Candy um, Cane Lane during Christmas. It was horrible. Oh, was it? Yeah. yeah. Are you gonna I, I did see the I did see the trailer though for the new Beverly Hills cop, and it actually I'm hundred percent in. Hundred percent. It looks really good. Uh, it, it, nothing. It will top the third one just by the first time he says "fuck." Oh, so. of course, of course. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, that's one of those things where uh, every single time I watch that movie, I get the first movie. I get so fucking excited. Um, in fact, when I went to Detroit for the for the SummerSlam, uh, I told I, I, I had. Told Justin, JT, and Jenny with me when we got we we all were on the same plane going to Detroit, and I told them I said um, as soon as we get to Detroit, once I get my rental car, I go. I, there's one thing I have to do, and um, I said once we get the car and we're on the road, I said we have to play this. Yes, yes, and I said it's because. This is and this is not this is the song that plays at the beginning of the movie when they're in Detroit still and they're on the friggin' uh, cigarette truck. <laughs> and I made JT take a video of me driving the car down Detroit and I said this to my brother and my brother fucking <laughs> lost his mind. Oh dude, that's my, awesome. My brother just texts me back and goes, Woo! <laughs> we fucking love the neutron dance. Uh <sighs> yeah. So, ooh, do you know that, um, do you know Eddie Murphy was supposed to be in Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home? No, I did not know that. <laughs> Have you ever seen Star Trek? Be? Have you seen Star Trek IV? No, I've only seen the newest Star Trek, so I'm uh, sorry. Like, right, I know so that's it's so, so disappointing. That's all right. So, real quickly, the premise of Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home is the one where they go back in time to, like, 1984 to get whales. Okay? Okay. So, yeah, they 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 have to go back in time to get whales because there's this like space probe 
that is looking for whales, humpback whales in the future. And uh, because there's no more whales, because again, it's a 1986 movie. So they're, you know, the, the population of humpback whales was real low and they were trying to make a, you know, a whole political thing about it. But anyway, um, so they go back, they time travel back in time. And Catherine Hicks, who is of fame from uh, Seventh Heaven and Child's Play, uh, she plays a, uh, like a marine biologist, uh, the career that George Costanza always wanted. And, uh, well, no, the career that he was forced onto, not not the one he wanted. And they were going to have Eddie Murphy be the marine biologist. And the way they were going to have him see the spaceship was he was going to be at, because they go to San Francisco, they were he was going to be at a San Francisco Giants game, and he was going to see the spaceship come in, and then he was going to find them, and then they were going to, he was going to be, but they, but the studio did not want to cross over their two biggest stars at that point, and it was because, it was because Eddie Murphy was in Beverly Hills Cop. <laughs> Oh and God. I was like, Eddie Murphy was almost a fucking Star Trek fool. Like, that would have been hilarious. Like, <laughs> like just seeing him like do that, that would have been great. So, uh, and then he went and made Adventures of Pluto Nash. So maybe he should have been in Star Trek 4. And then he made The Golden Child. And they should redo The Golden Child. So, yeah, Eddie Murphy's had some bad movies in his day. But I don't know. Beverly Hills Cop makes up for everything. So does, hey, you ever see like The Distinguished Gentleman and... uh I love the distinguished gentleman. Uh, that's the one where he goes, he pretends to be the, uh, well, he doesn't pretend he gets elected. He's a congressman, but he's like, he's a con <laughs> artist. And he becomes, he becomes like, that's a great movie. If you've never seen the distinguished gentleman, check that out, dude. It's so, it's so fun. It's so good. It's uh, and it's good. Eddie Murphy too. Cause it's like, it's like early nineties. So he's still kind of like Eddie, he still got it. And, uh, that's a great movie. I love the distinguished gentleman. And, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's good. It's good shit. <laughs> What what I like is uh, Life with him and Martin Lawrence. Yes, that's a great movie too. Yes, <laughs> I love that movie so much. Like I've seen it so oh. many times. And I it's mean, just great. I, dare I not mention probably the second greatest movie he's in, which is Coming to America. Oh yes, yes, Coming, Coming to, to America. America. Oh. Coming to America still holds up to this day. You go, and I'm not talking about the sequel that came out. I'm talking about the original movie. You go and watch the original movie today. It still holds up. <laughs> yeah, I watched yeah. it, I think, during COVID or, yeah, soon after. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's a, that was a good COVID movie to watch, that one. That was a lot of good binge stuff to watch. So that's, uh, so that's what if. I mean, what if we ended this on a high note and just said that Eddie Murphy in uh, Bat, uh, Leo's Cop, Axel Foley or whatever? Let's hope it's a let's hope it's a good a good run for the man. I really hope it's good. I, yes. I really hope it's good. I know. So do I.
All right, Schiff. So now, last thing I really want to talk about with you tonight is, uh, well, second to last thing is, um, I like to call this unsuccessful or successful spinoffs. So I came up with a couple of different, uh, oh, shoot. You know what? Wait, really quick. You said you had a couple of what ifs. And I like skipped right over them. I kind of lost them. Oh, you did? Okay. I didn't write them down. My, my apologies. Okay. Like, I had them in my head. No, that's fine. All right. Sorry. That's okay. All right. Well, my apologies. If you remember... No, don't worry about it. That's fine. All right. Um, okay, then I'll start again. <clears throat> yeah. Okay, Schiff. Next thing I want to talk to you about here is uh, I like to call this little segment here that we have uh, unsuccessful, successful spinoffs. So I came up with some show ideas that uh, I'm pitching to you as an as a network executive. And number one, I want to know if you're going to give me the green light. And number two, I want you to see if you can do your predictive analysis of whether or not this will be successful or unsuccessful. And if you think it's going to be successful, we're going to try to see how we can explain it to be successful and vice versa. If it's unsuccessful, you know, et cetera, et cetera. All right. Okay. <clears throat> Here's the first one. After his final leap, Dr. Sam Beckett awakens to find himself in the body of a young emergency room nurse at Gray Sloan Memorial Hospital. <laughs> uh, that would be an amazing if they tied those two together. <laughs> that would be amazing. Because I, I don't know if you remember the final quantum leap. He leaps. He doesn't leap home. He just keeps yeah. leaping. But this time he's leaping into, and we all know how messed up friggin' grace of sloan memorial hospital is yes <laughs> like he's never gonna put right what once went wrong there so he's stuck <laughs> as an emergency room nurse at grace sloan memorial hospital yeah you can see uh the chick that was in uh old school just show up in the background that's the final shot <laughs> meredith gray right. that's her name exactly right exactly and he wake and of course and i left it open whether or not the emergency room nurse is a man or a woman take your pick you know Let's do woman just to piss off everyone. Okay, so do you think that do you think that that's a successful show? Like, how many seasons do you think we get out of that? I'd say two, and it's canceled <laughs> in the middle of the second year, so it's, it's just another cliffhanger. Okay, another cl another cliffhanger. Maybe with that episode with the bomb. Yeah, you ever see that? You ever see that one with the bomb? That's no, but my wife my, my wife watches the show, and like she's like told like Such a... she's like by this point she's like hate watching it because it's been on the air like 20 seasons now so oh, she's yeah. like they're literally redoing everything and i was like because people like you are still watching and she's like i can't give up on the show like she's like and, i'll watch it to the very end and i don't think that meredith gray's on it anymore right no she's not she just does the um the monologues like at the very yeah. beginning at the very end like do they kill her did she die uh, she, she went she... to boston so she's around you right now Oh God, she's back where she grew up. She grew. She actually grew up near my hometown, like the next oh, town God. over. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think, and I think her husband. This is this, this is another weird thing. So I grew up in a town, Malden, which is kind of like in the uh, it's a, the greater Boston area. It's you know about 15, 20 minutes from Boston, and um, the next town over is Everett, and uh, that's. She grew up, I think, in the Everett. I want to say she grew up in the Everett projects, and her husband grew up in the Malden projects. Oh. And they both they but they met in L.A. 
That's weird. That's I'd yeah. Be like, so nope, I'm gonna find someone else. Kinda, because especially if you knew the projects that he grew up in, you'd be like, I'm not marrying a guy from there. But uh, he kind of grew up in the bad projects, you know. Not that there's, well, no, there's good projects. At the time, there would have been good projects. He was in the bad projects, but I don't know what projects she grew up in. But yeah, she grew up in Everett. There's a casino now in Everett, which is like not doing very well. Anyway, <clears throat> okay. So canceled after two and after a season and a half on a cliffhanger. Doesn't get that will never be again. resolved. That people on Ask Reddit will be pissed off about. Mm-hmm. And your wife doesn't have to wa- hate watch Grey's Anatomy. So good. Yes. Okay. With young Sheldon coming to an end this season and the future of Sheldon Cooper well known and documented, we're going to follow along with the stories of his twin sister, Missy, and her escapades in the Texas heat. Okay. So is this on CBS? Yes. 12 seasons. They don't cancel shit. All nothing but old people watch CBS. I swear to God, my grandfather, rest in peace. Uh, I'm like, what are you watching? He's like Blue Bloods, and Blue Bloods is finally ending the year after he dies. So I think it's because he died, and no one else is watching it. I love it. Twelve seasons of Missy. Excellent. Good. Good times. With no appearances from her brother. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, none. None of the family shows up. She's like excommunicated or something. What, like, what's his name? Who's what's Sheldon's name? The real actor. Uh, the Jim old Parsons. Actor, older Jim Parsons never shows up. It's great. Yeah. Uh, excellent. Like you hear, it's like uh, d- you know when like Fuller House came out and like yeah. the Olsen twins never showed up. They just make in jokes in like they did for a couple of seasons where they're like Michelle's uh, in New York doing fashion and then looking at the yeah. camera for five seconds. all right next next pitch we're going back to the sunshine cab company 50 years later and this time our head dispatcher is alex rieger played by the incomparable judd hirsch in his farewell performance will alex be as surly as louis de palma or is danny devito going to need to reprise his role when season two comes in for an overhaul Three seasons after Judd Hirsch dies in season one, when Danny DeVito comes in season two, it gets the um, <laughs> 10 rules for dating my daughter that got when John Ritter, when they <laughs> struggled along for two seasons after he died. Uh, eight simple rules for dating my daughter. Oh, God. Oh, I love it. The turn to eight simple rules, right? Oh, so good. Okay. Whew. All right, here when we they go. Had jo- when they had John Gardner on. Sorry. That's right. James yeah, Garner. John James Garner, and then wasn't it? Was it also uh, David Spade was also on it? Yeah, David Spade. It's kind of like when John Lovitz replaced. Although John Lovitz replacing, no one's going to replace Phil Hartman, but John Lovitz is a it's a pretty good replacement. Yeah, they were like John best Lovitz. friends, so it's understandable. John Lovitz is fucking awesome, and John Lovitz can do no wrong in my in my eyes. Um, he's losing his mind, and I'm reaping all the benefits. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love John Lovitz. Ugh. I mean, I remember when I was in grade school and like people would just all of a sudden turn around and just go acting because that was what he did in fucking Saturday Night Live. <laughs> we didn't even know what it meant. We were just like acting. Just hilarious. Which all it, it's all yeah. it had to be. Uh, just hilarious. Yeah. Hilarious. Um, okay. Here's another one. Falling on hard times after her very bitter divorce, Marsha Brady must now join a new blended family as their housekeeper. Can she find love with the local butcher man or will she be able to contain 
and or excuse me will she find love with the local butcher man and will she be able to contain all the mishaps in this modern family one season <laughs> and they burn up, and they burn off the last six episodes on saturdays two at a time <laughs> wow okay wow they're even burning off okay look at you yeah um all righty <clears throat> last we've had the muppet show we also have had we've seen muppet babies now we're moving to the next stage in their lives muppet home will this cast oh, of characters my. be able to <laughs> well Will this cast of characters be able to bingo it up with our special guests that keep showing up and keep from falling and not getting up? <laughs> uh, four seasons, and it ends with <laughs> Miss Piggy and Kermit dying. Four seasons. <laughs> All right. But it's well, only like eight episode seasons, so it's 32 episodes yeah. in total. You like the name, <laughs> Muppet Home? Oh, yes. That, that, <laughs> that, that threw me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, any other? All right. So I guess they're all. I I like this. It's, some of them are successful. We got Young Sheldon. Is what did you say? Twelve seasons. Long. Twelve seasons. Miss Missy Missy Cooper. Yeah. Twelve <laughs> seasons. Right. And then, and then I did. You can see Taxi Taxi again coming back. You know, with Danny DeVito yeah. hanging on to it two more seasons. I like that. Yep. With the, with them fighting. Uh, Bit, yeah. bitching about ubers and lifts the whole time but yeah. you can't call yeah. them that so they're like calling lubers and yeah ifs. lubers lubers and ifs yeah i like that idea all right uh any any ideas that you have for a successful or unsuccessful spinoff anything pop in your head really quick yeah um well it's not really a spinoff per se mm -hmm. i would like to um there was this show, there was this book, these young adult books in the 90s called Animorphs. It might have been too old for mm -hmm. you, Keithy. But it was about, yeah. like, uh, these kids are able to get this, um, it's like a morphine cube. And when they get, like, DNA, like, when they touch another animal, they get their DNA and they can morph into them for two mm -hmm. hours at a time or then they're stuck in the morph. They made a shitty Nickelodeon show with, about as bad CGI as you can expect from 1998. Mm -hmm. I think you put this on like HBO Max or like animation, how we were talking about animation earlier. We could yep. bust it out for five seasons, get it all done. One time as an exercise, because I couldn't sleep at night, I wrote seven movies, like little brief synopsis of it for what they would do. Sadly, that phone has died, so I don't have it, but I would love for the Animorph show to get that. It's not really a spinoff or whatever, but that's okay. what I want. Um, All right. Look, if there's any people around my age that's listening, they'll know exactly what the hell I'm talking about. There's like 52 sure. books, all like mm -hmm. 100, like 200 pages or something, and it's... okay. And each book follows a different character, like a different, like it's six of them. And like, yep. and, in the, and in the first like actual one, like one of the, the kids gets stuck as a, as a Falcon for the rest of his life. Oh, so shit. like, cause he gets stuck in more for two hours. Like, so it's like dire consequences. Like people like reread like the series and it's like, this is dark as shit. How is this passed off to kids? Cause it's hmm. about war and it's it's just amazing and i would love yeah. for it to come back but it's called animorphs there you go okay wow all right hmm. hmm 
I know I lost you with that. Sorry. No, no, you didn't. I just I I I remember Animorphs. I remember seeing it. Uh, didn't they do like a tie-in with like Burger King at one point? I feel like. I think um, so, but they're also mm. like you know they're famous for their images now, where like the, the book covers were them changing into the animals. Yeah, so, like, yeah, people no, make the yeah. memes and everything now. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. yeah. No, I remember. I remember Animorph. I remember Animorph seeing it. Yeah, yeah. It would have been. It was a late '90s thing, so it would have been. I mean, I was probably in college by the time that they started coming out. But, um, uh, yeah, I'm looking online at the end. Oh, yeah, like the kid that. He turns into the fish. Yeah. Yeah. The invasion. Yeah, this kid turns into the snake. Yeah, no, this is cool. I could see them doing that. Yeah. Sure, yeah, why not? They said they've been working out, working on a movie, but it's been like four years, so like, and I haven't heard shit, so... Yeah. They did a TV show. Yeah, it was real bad. It was on Nickelodeon. Yeah, Sean Ashmore. Sean Ashmore of... Uh, is he the one that was in... He is in the X-Men. Yeah. Yeah, he was in the X-Men. He was in the yeah. boys. Not his uh he's in oh he is in the boys. That's right. Yeah, he was basically the Green Lantern in the boys. He was also in the following, if you watch that show. He's uh yeah, he was um his brother is in his brother was Jimmy Olsen on Smallville, his twin yes. brother. Yeah. So all right, that's okay. Oh my god, that's so funny. Yeah, animal. Who else was in this? Brooke Nevin. Is yeah. she a person? She was in the 4400, if you watch that show on USA. <laughs> yep. Which I did. Uh, I really liked it. Um, yeah, I didn't I didn't watch the, the 4400, but I know of it. Um, which, that's the one where they're like, is that one where, like, no, that's the 100? No, yeah, the 4400 came out, like, 20 years yeah. ago. Like 15, yeah, the 4400 is like, yeah, that's, like, one where they, like, take 4400 people, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what that is, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I like those kind of like those weird signs. Although, are you watching that? Have you watched that? Uh, God, La Brea. No, like, on, like that looks so I think bad. It's on, like it's on NBC. It does look, it does look terrible, right? <laughs> like I saw it, it and I was like, I'm usually I'm in for sci-fi, and I'm like, I'm good. I'm good. Here's a here's a thing. Did you watch? Uh, was it the Cape? Remember, was it the Cape? Remember that? That was like a big thing in Community. <laughs> Oh, like Abed, like the guy that had the cape. Yes, yes, I do remember that. Also, <laughs> uh, so bad. Speaking of Lost, that remember they try to do like the show Flash Forward or something. Yeah. Like yes. with the Lost stuff, I watched that. Um, I tried to get into one where the plane disappeared. And oh then, like, yeah, but I couldn't get into it. It was bad. Like, uh... yeah, there was. God, there's some. There's been some bad television. Uh, yes, unlike. Uh, but then there's like, did you see being? Did you ever watch Being Human? No, it was on. I think Being Human was great. That was on Sci-Fi. It was a British show, and then they made it a North American show. The thing I like about the North American show is that it's got Sam Witwer, who everybody knows him because he's he's the voice of uh, Darth Maul and all the Clone Wars and Rebels and all that. Um, he also is uh, the Force Unleashed. He's Star Killer in that. He did oh, the really? motion catch. Yeah, and he's. He's apparently like a wicked big Star Wars nerd. Um, and like that's and everybody loves like everybody in the Star Wars universe loves him because he's like a total Star Wars nerd. So everyone feels like if he ever if they ever brought the character of Star Killer to like Disney Plus, we gotta that, put like, him he in. Would, 
yeah, like he would totally be fucking awesome. And he would, because Star Killers, it's during Vader's run, so they could do it if they wanted to do like a uh, another season of um not what's that uh Obi-Wan. But uh, you know, yeah. And then it also have Sam Sam Huntington, who uh he's in that, and it's so the premise is that there's a vampire, a werewolf, and they're like they live together. And it takes place in Boston. Awesome. Yeah, it takes place in Boston, so it's kind of cool because it's like, even though it, it's filmed in like Vancouver, and there's nothing filmed on location in Boston. So, and they they, they work at Boston Hospital, which is <laughs> not the name. It's just like not the name of a hospital here. But uh, yeah, there's so Sam Huntington's a werewolf. Sam Whitworth's the uh, vampire, and Megan Rath is a ghost. Yes, and they they live in they live in a house with Megan Rath. And uh, which I love, Megan Rath's brother was uh, Brainiac. I love that he was Brainiac in like the CW oh shows. God. Yeah, and uh, it's so good. But it's got like it's got Mark Pellegrino of uh, <laughs> of, of Supernatural. <laughs> yeah, but of uh, of Lost Fame, but also of um, No Holds Barred. <laughs> yes, God, he's he plays Hulk Hogan's brother in No Holds Barred. So. Yes, he does. Uh, and it's so bad. He plays his he plays his younger brother Randy, who gets beat up. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, Randy. I love that a guy named Randy gets the shit beat out of him in, in a Hogan movie. Like, tell me that wasn't pre-planned. Yeah, hundred percent uh, planned. Yeah, no, the movie, the TV show though was great. It was great being human, and it was a they had it. It was originally a um, a British show, and the British the British show consisted. It was who's in it? Um, oh God, uh, Aiden, Aiden, what's his name? He Aiden Turner, who was in um, the Hobbit movies. He plays uh, Killy. He's in the the Hobbit okay. trilogy. Yeah, okay. he's in it. And then also is um, uh, what's his name? Oh, he's my friend. Jeremy's like loves the guy. He's like his. It's like his favorite person uh i know i'm so, I, i'm so stupid oh russell tovey do you know russell tovey the british actor who's he's been in like uh he's he's gay and he's been in like looking and the history boys and all that he's like he, you know him because he's got like massive ears but he's, yeah i'm looking at he's in it he, he probably just heard what you said because yeah he does oh he some... absolutely did yeah and uh but he's um he plays the uh the werewolf, I believe. So I might have I've to check this the... show out. This looks awesome. Oh, oh my god, you'd love it. And I don't know where being I don't know where being human. You know what? The, I mean the British version is probably on BritBox, but I'm trying to think where the uh I don't know where the I don't know where the uh the I'll say Canadian version because it's not even really American version, it's like Canadian version, but uh oh it's on like AMC plus or AMC. Okay. Yeah, so you could watch at least the first couple of C yeah, AMC Plus has all five seasons. It's a great show. So friggin' good. I go back and watch it again. It was so good. So yeah, you should definitely check that out. But uh yeah, what was oh that was that was I was like, where where do we get on that? So see, this is what I love about this show is that we yeah, get lost just... talking about random shit. <laughs> but uh I mean I think that's gonna probably do it for for that for you know uh we successful unsuccessful
All right, Shift. Last thing I want to talk to you about is I want us to take a trip. It's been a while. I haven't been there in a while, but uh, the actors, the actor studio, and uh, really, what I like to do is ask the questions written by the great Bernard Pivot from his show Apostrophes. So, if you if you will indulge me, Shift. Yes. What is your favorite word? Oh. Cunt. Well, I remember that there is another question that is your favorite curse word. So was there oh, another sorry. word? I, it sorry. could be this, it could be the, it can be the same word. It can be. It's the same word. It's fine. Would you say that that is still your favorite word? Hmm. No. Um I don't know my favorite you know, word. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with the C word then. Yes, yes. A word known as cunt. And I would like to just share with you real briefly that there was a woman that I had worked with once long ago who was in all definition that. And of course I could not say that word in an office setting. Of course not. So I I used to use the word passionate. Whenever I would refer to her being, dare I say, cunty. And I would say, she's very passionate about this. And the two or three people who knew what I was really saying would always laugh because they knew what I was really saying. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was, that, I was that, a dick. That's awesome. So now, Shift, with that being said, what is your least favorite word? Work. Work. Huh. Work, yes. What turns you on? Nibbling of the ear. <laughs> that would that be somebody nibbling on your ear or you nibbling on a, on another's ear? Uh nibbling on my ear. Ah. Uh, what turns you off? <laughs> Work. <laughs> Work. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, work, dumb people, mm. you know, ignorance. What sound or noise do you love? A white noise, because it helps me sleep. Mm. Any particular brand or just the snowy, snowy white noise? Uh, like rain falling, like the sound mm. of a fan as well. Mm, yes, mm. I can agree. I'm a big fan of listening to trains running along a, tra along a track. I like that. Uh, mm. yeah, I just have a white noise playlist on my Apple Music. Mm -hmm. just, just let it mm. play. What sound or noise do you hate? The alarm going off to wake me up. Mm. <laughs> For what? Work. <laughs> For work. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm going to skip number seven, which is your favorite curse word, because we've already gone over that. <laughs> um, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Sports agent. Mm -hmm. Any particular sport or just all? Just all. Or baseball. They get paid the most. Mm, that's true. What profession would you not like to do? Uh, probably something with blood, even though like I love nurses, like because for what they do and like doctors and everything. If there's other person's blood, I don't know how well I deal with it. And also telling the bad news, 100% would mm -hmm. not want to be a vet. So there you go. 
And if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Him to answer every secret in the universe. Mm. Like who shot JFK? All mm. stuff like that. Sure. All righty. Now, before we leave the actor's studio, there is just some other questions. Uh, this is a questionnaire written by the great huge asshole on his show Behind the Sphinx Door. Uh, what is your favorite way to insult a person? Ooh. Favorite way. Like in a joking way or to like make them cry? Whatever you feel. Like, if it's a joking way, like, you know, busting balls with my friends, you know, go for, like, their personal history. Like, uh, this is not really bad, but me and my best friend, we were college roommates all four years. Sometimes, because we knew each other for so long, we would start off by saying, like, our ex's names and then our ex, and then, like, our ex's boyfriend's names currently just to piss each other off and just got progressively meaner. But it was all said in good fun. Like, we would laugh about it. So something like that. Okay. We also what about if the... you're trying? What if you're trying to make somebody cry? Um, I don't know. Like, uh, I guess, like, uh, I guess, just hit them real personal. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if you're not, a, if you, it's if if you're not a mean guy, that's okay. You know? Yeah, sorry, I just can't like. <clears throat> That's okay. That's I've okay. been called an asshole before, but like I, I don't intentionally go to make someone cry. That's fine. No, don't. No, no, no. You be a good man. The shortage of good men in the, the world these days. Uh, what weapon would you bring to a fight? Uh, are, are we fighting zombies, or am I fighting a human? I would say a human. A human. Um, I mean. I guess my fists. So I don't want to go to jail no. for murder. So all right, well, there you go. I don't. Um, who would you draft in the first round of a points per reception points per reception fantasy football league? Uh, Justin Jefferson. Alrighty then. Um, and what family member could you do without? <laughs> my mother-in-law. No, hi you. <laughs> it's always the mother-in-law. Sorry, Amy, if you're listening. Can you tell me what was your worst vacation? Okay, this was uh, worst vacation. It was also like the worst because it was also the best because uh, we did a family trip to Texas, to Midland, Texas, uh, for a reunion in the year 2000. And we rented an RV. It was me, my uh, my mom, my grandfather, my little brother, my two stepbrothers, and my stepdad. And we all piled into it. it. Has a no smoking sign on on the uh, in the RV. My grandfather's smoking cigarettes as we're pulling out from after we rented it. <laughs> um, <laughs> they rented it from like some guy. Like my grandfather rented it from some guy. The gas mileage didn't work. Like the uh, to show how much gas we had left, they're like, "Oh, you get about two hundred miles to the get to to uh, run out, so just do it off of that." So they had to do it off of that. Uh, we got to Shreveport, Louisiana, where we camped for the night. It was one hundred and twenty degrees outside; it was the hottest ever. And then we got to Texas and we met a bunch of relatives I'd never seen before, or really had seen next. I stepped on a rusty nail. Um, 
no, stepped on a nail, wasn't rusty. My mom like cleaned it up and everything. Saw that my grandfather and his brothers and sisters started drinking at seven and eight o'clock in the morning. And even one of them was 98 years old. It was just a great time, but also like he had stories like that. Like mm. one of my grandfather's brother's wife like passed out in a bowl of soup. My mom was like screaming, like, oh my God, I thought she had died. And she just like passed out from being wow. drunk. Mm. Um like my stepdad used to say, Oh, I, I wish I brought a camera on that trip because we'd be millionaires right now for all that happened. Like my mom lost her purse on the way back. Um just a total CF, but it's still pretty it was it was fun. Like, you know, I think like you can find fun in just about anything, no matter how bad it you a trip is. Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I just try That's to be a good one. I just try to be, you know, try to be positive, yeah. even in the negative. Yeah. That's a good one where it's the worst and best trip of all time. I like that. Yeah. Alrighty. Uh, how about have you ever farted in another person's face? No, but I did Dutch oven my wife when she was my girlfriend. <laughs> and she still married you, huh? Yeah, she still married wow. me. Wow. We were new dating Keithy and like we were dating oh, like two goodness. or three months and, and like I don't know. I just farted and she's like, What was that? I was like, I farted and then I put the cover over her head. Wow. Yeah, the diamond must have been really good then that you gave her, huh? To forgive yeah, her it all was. That. It was like uh, I, I think of that and I'm like, Jesus Christ, why don't you just like leave me right then? <laughs> Alrighty, and uh, last but not least, Schiff, can I borrow some money? Yes. Oh, nice. Alrighty. <clears throat> well, that is the actor studio, and we're gonna close the door, turn off the lights, and say good night to that. So thank you all. Have a good night. All righty, Schiff. I think that is going to wrap it up. Uh, is there anything that you would like to plug? Uh, Keithy, just thanks for having me on. This was a lot of fun. Like, just, a great, just a great time. Yeah, you mm-hmm. can find me on um, Twitter at Scott underscore Schifflet. And as Keithy said, like, you know, I'm on two podcasts. There's a couple others that, you know, on hiatus might come back. We'll see what happens. But, um, just listen to all the work that everyone's doing here. We, you know, it's labor of love from everyone. So just, just check everything out. And uh, thanks thanks for having me once again, Keithy. Absolutely. Yes. And uh, as Shiffy said, uh, please check us everything out that we do here on the North-South Connection Podcast Network and the Place to Be Nation Podcast Network. Uh, we do. It is a labor of love. It's something that, you know, no, none of us, I believe, are making any money off of this. So we're doing this for your enjoyment and to get you through the day. Uh, I think i always talk about jenny the jenny position uh some of the stuff that she does is some of the best stuff i think that is on the network uh talking docs talking pop things like that uh you can also check out uh me every week on gfa live it's not on the it's not on either network but you can find it on any podcaster and that's of course with uh my bff in the whole wide world pd winson where we talk about old 1980s wrestling uh, we're trying. I'm trying desperately to drag him a little bit further into the future with 1990s, but uh, he just doesn't want to seem to go very much further than 1992. <laughs> 1992, but uh, it's okay. He's also. I'm also trying to get him to do a little NWA stuff, but he doesn't want to do that either. So uh, maybe we'll get there one day. But uh, yeah, you could check that out. And uh, anything else? Just you can always hit me up on the artist formerly known as Twitter at Flounder824. And I'm on Facebook somewhere if you look hard enough and uh, just check us out. But uh, 
Schiff, thank you once again. I had a great time. This was long overdue, and I hope it's not too long before you're on back again and you come back and join us at Alicot. So for Schiffy Schiff and Keithy Langston, this is Keithy Langston. Have a great night. Take care. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. <laughs>